0: What's up, everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us today and joining in. For those of you that continue to share these messages and these links with your friends and family, those people around you, we hope it helps them out. Thank you so much for doing that. People are tuning in from all over the place. Also, for those of you that continue to give online, thank you so much for your generosity. It helps us serve people and help people and love people and feed people. We have some really exciting things coming up. May the 12th will be our next food pantry. Also, the beginning of June, the first Saturday in June, we will have a block party for our neighborhood. And when you give, your generosity helps us do things like that to help people and love people and serve people. So make plans for that. Also, today is Mother's Day. We would like to say a big love and shout out and thank you to all the mothers out there, all the expecting mothers out there, grandmothers out there. But we also want to stand with those uh, mothers out there who have maybe lost children. We also want to stand with those women out there who may have been told that maybe you cannot have children. We grieve with you. We hurt with you. So for those of you who are mothers out there today or expecting we celebrate with you and for those of you who have a hard time on days like today, we stand with you and we also love you. Today, we continue with our series called The Human Experience. A quick recap, this study is about the emotions and the feelings that we deal with in this life as we go throughout this life called The Human Experience. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, the missionary Paul says this, So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth we are all parts of the same body. Right here, the missionary Paul says that we're all connected. And so we need to be connected to ourselves. We need to be deeply connected to each other, our neighbors. And we need to be deeply connected to Jesus Christ, which is why the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so all throughout the narrative of the scripture, we see this truth and this principle. And this is what it is. And notice this. It's be honest. Be honest with yourself about who you are. Be honest with others about what you're going through and be honest with God. And think about this. How much different would our lives be and our world be and our relationships be if we were open and honest about our emotions and about what we're going through? But that also raises a question. Do we even know how? Sometimes do we even have the words? I told you last week this truth for the past 24 years. I've been in the ministry, helping people, teaching people, counseling people, leading people, observing people, and sort of studying people. And it's been interesting. But that also means that I've spent years studying what it means to be human and how humans connect with God and how we're supposed to love each other and how we connect with our neighbors. And so we are told, we are told to love God with all that we have and we are told to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so it should make complete sense to us today to try to understand how we connect with God, how we connect with ourselves, and how we connect with others. And so I've spent years studying what it means to be human, and this is a true conclusion. This is a very true conclusion. There's nothing more human than our emotions. We know very little about our emotions, and we have very little words and language to draw on to explain our emotions, but we are emotional machines and emotional beings. Like I told you last week, we are not primarily thinking machines who on occasion get into emotions. We're not primarily thought-driven people who on occasion stumble into emotion when we have a hard time and when we do, we kind of flick it off to the side and get back to our normal thinking selves. First and foremost, primarily, we are emotional machines who on occasion think. We are emotional human beings who on occasion stumble into thinking. It seems like, as I observe, and if you would think about this too, it seems like maybe at times we have trouble with explaining with coming up with the right words to tell others and explain to others and even ourself and to God what it is that we're feeling and what it is that we're going through. We are emotional beings. We make emotional decisions. And as soon as we enter into adulthood, we quickly realize that we've never been taught to name, recognize, label, and set boundaries with our emotions. What it is that we're actually feeling, and how to explain it to others for help or for simply connection, even sometimes in a positive way. This will help us understand the human experience. This is what the human experience is all about. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. It's about how we think, how we feel, how all of that leads us to behave and show up. How we think, how we feel, how that leads us to behave. And show up. Okay, so visualize this word picture. The heart is like a river, and our language and our words is the shore, which means this whatever is included in the river one day is gonna hit that shore. Say, Tony, what does that word picture mean? Our heart is like a river, our language and words is the shore whatever is in the river one day is going to land on that shore. This is what I mean by that. Our heart is full of emotions and feelings and experience. So we need the words and the language to connect ourselves to God and others to ask for help. One day, what's in our heart as far as emotions needs to be explained on the shore of our language. Okay, so today, Let's talk about this. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Notice this today. Where are the places that we go when things are uncertain and too much in our life? Where are the places we go in our emotions, in our mind, internally, when life is just too much, on the edge, and overwhelming? Well, here's the places that we go to in our emotions and in our mind. Notice this today. We go to the place of stress, being overwhelmed, anxiety, worry avoidance, dread, fear, and the last one and the best one is vulnerability. How many of you feel these besides vulnerability on a regular basis? So many of us, if we were honest, feel this so often. So let's start with these places with these emotions today. The first ones are this, stress and overwhelmed. Do we even know the difference? See this word picture in your mind right now. Stress is when it feels like you're walking just knee deep in the river. That would be stress. You can walk, but it's difficult. That's not the same thing as being overwhelmed. The word picture for overwhelmed is this, is when you cannot touch the bottom, you're in the deep end, and now the water is above your head. It's when you can't touch. Now, here's a question to think about. If you're still with me, so am still with you. Why do you think it matters that we use the right language for the right experience so other people can help us? Sure. So we know what we need? Absolutely. But also, so you don't have one emotion getting confused with another emotion because you misnamed it. Like we said last week, stress is a lot different than feeling unsupported. So let's start with stress. Stress, and remember this today, is when we feel this this elevated demands of our environment is beyond our ability to cope successfully. So when you get stressed, it means that your environment has this elevated sense that causes you to not be able to cope with your environment successfully. This includes elements of being unpredictable. You can't control things and you feel overloaded. So we feel stress when we label whatever it is that we feel as stressful. When your environment brings you to this place in your life where you have difficulty coping, that stress. So when the things around you causes you to have a hard time coping, you're stressed out. You can cope, it's just tough. It's like walking knee deep in the river, you can walk it's just tough. So you can make it through it, but it's just very difficult. But being overwhelmed is different. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Notice this today. Overwhelmed is an extreme level of stress and emotional and our mental intensity to the point of feeling unable to function. That feeling that our life is somehow unfolding faster than the human nervous system and psyche are able to manage well. This is when your body has a hard time handling the pace of what's going on in your life. I'm feeling this overwhelming sense in my body and in my emotions. So, what's the cure for being highly stressed and being overwhelmed? This is what the cure is. If you're ready for it, Sam Ready. When the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God, he means that sometimes you have to embrace this and notice this nothingness. This is the cure for being overwhelmed and stressed, nothingness and play. There's literally no other way to get out of that overwhelmed feeling. You cannot organize your way out of being overwhelmed. You cannot plan your way out of being overwhelmed. You cannot busy your way out of being overwhelmed. The only thing that works is nothingness and play. Understand this today. Let me tell you a story. A couple of years ago, I was going through an extremely difficult time in my life other people had created all of this damage and I was left to pick up the pieces of what they did by the way your irresponsibility always becomes someone else's responsibility and so other people caused all of this damage I was trying to pick up the pieces and one night I remember I was just so overwhelmed with all of the stress and the pain of it that I just reacted in a very impulsive way jumped in my truck just to go be busy 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 work 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 to take my mind off of it I'm just overwhelmed so I just got to be busy, busy, busy to get all of this out of my mind. So as I do, I'm so frantic that I hit a curb in my truck. I spill Gatorade all over myself. I'm not paying attention because I spill Gatorade everywhere. I run a red light and I get pulled over and I get a ticket. That didn't help my overwhelming day, did it? No. But I tell you what would have nothingness in that moment on that day, nothingness and play. Being overwhelmed is this. Overwhelmed is the experience of where our emotions are intense. Our focus on our emotions is very moderate, and our understanding about what we're feeling is very, very low. If being overwhelmed is on a scale from 1 to 10, then your emotions are a 10, your focus on your emotions is a 5, and your ability to understand what you're feeling is a 1. This is when people make really bad decisions. This is when people make really bad choices. When overwhelmed, sometimes doing nothing is the only cure for doing the wrong something. Let me say that again. When you're overwhelmed, sometimes doing nothing is the only cure for doing the wrong something, which is why the Bible says, be still and know that he is God. Let's go to anxiety. Notice this statement today. We are afraid of surrender because we don't want to lose control. But you never had control. All you had was anxiety over not having control. You never had control. You just had anxiety. That was from Elizabeth Gilbert. What a statement. We never had control of our outcomes ever. We just have anxiety over losing control. So this is what anxiety means. An emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. I used to have a constant childhood nightmare when I was growing up that would wake me up every night and send me running to my parents' bedroom. It was after I saw a TV show a long time ago about Adam Walsh who got kidnapped, and I would always have this nightmare of being in a grocery store, and in my nightmare, everything in my, in my life in that grocery store would slow down in, 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 in my life and everything around me would speed up. And so I was in slow motion in my nightmares, and everyone and everything around me was just going really, really fast and spinning really, really fast, and there was a kidnapper after me. Everything was just spinning fast, but I was in slow motion like I was stuck in knee-deep water. That's anxiety. Faster, 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 things are out of control. Now, there's a difference between anxiety as a trait and as a state notice this today a trait is considered to be something that's part of an individual's personality and therefore a long-term characteristic or struggle of an individual that shows through their behavior actions and feelings a state on the other hand is a temporary condition that you're experiencing Mm -hmm. for a short period of time some people have anxiety as a state it's temporary Other people have it as a trait. They deal with it all the time. But then there's a disorder called this, if you're still with me, so I'm still with you, general anxiety disorder. And it's different from trait and state. Notice this today because I'm going somewhere with it. General anxiety disorder is a condition of excessive worry about everyday things. It lasts longer than six months. And in addition, and this may start to open up some, some doorbells, some, some light bulbs for you right now. In addition to feeling worried, you also feel restless all the time, fatigued, trouble concentrating, irritable. You've had increased muscle tension and trouble sleeping. Now, if you have general anxiety disorder, this is not something that you should work through on your own. What do you feel in your body when you're anxious? Tense. But it's the exact same feelings that you get when you're excited. So catch this. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Studies tell us that undealt with anxiety in people who struggle with anxiety can many times cause them to make bad impulsive decisions because it excites them. The moral is this, deal with your anxiety because sometimes you get it confused with excitement and it causes you to give in to the wrong opportunities and temptations. Deal with your anxiety and check out how great God is concerning our anxiety. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses six through seven. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. At the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all of your worries and cares to God for he cares about you emotions are like recipes. They have basic ingredients to them. We can cast all of our anxieties on God and our emotions on God because He loves us, but we also need to recognize the ingredients of our emotions. You can break them down, and we need to think about our feelings in this way. The first ingredient to your feelings and anxiety in your body is simply that. It's your feelings. It's how your emotions make you feel. Your heart beats faster. Your your respiration increases. Your blood pressure soars. So how does your brain know that the changes that's going on in your body right now is actually tied with feeling mad or sad or scared? Well, research tells us that understanding the actual meanings of the words mad or sad or scared is a part of your emotional experience. And so words are the second ingredient that make emotions what they are. And so because of all that, remember this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Our emotions have ingredients. The first is what you feel. The second is what you call it. And this always determines your experience. Now, Let's look at how we deal with anxiety. First, not well at all. We worry, and this is what worry is. Worry is a chain of negative thoughts about how bad things might happen in the future. Now, understand this. There's three things that's dangerous about people who worry. Number one, they believe that worry is good and helpful. It's not, it never is. Number two, they believe that they cannot change it, but data shows that you absolutely can change the pattern and the habit of worry in your life. And number three, they suppress it, which makes its effects worse. Worry is a choice and you can break it. Next, another place is avoidance. Avoidance is not showing up and often spending a lot of energy zigzagging around and away from that thing that already feels like it's consuming you. It's like that feeling of dread. Many times we avoid what's really going on in our life because we also have a feeling of dread. So avoidance is tied with dread and this is how we understand dread. Notice this, dread occurs frequently in response to highly negative events. Its feeling increases as the dreaded event draws near. Have you ever said, I'm dreading this funeral? I'm dreading this family event? I'm dreading this work meeting? I'm dreading dealing with this problem? Now, dread and anxiety are future looking. I'm dreading dealing with this. But now, fear is a little bit different. Fear is short-term. It's right now, it has a little bit to do with the future because of what uh, avoidance and and, and dread does to us, but fear is right now, so notice this. It's a negative and short-lasting, high-alert emotion in response to a perceived threat. Like anxiety, it can be measured through state and trait. Fear is short, but we put ourselves through the hell of dread and anxiety to get there. Now, this is the last one. And this is the best one. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. It's vulnerability, which is what we all really need. And here's the definition. It's the emotion that we experience during times of uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. There is no courage in your life without vulnerability. Saying how you feel, being open and honest about how you feel, about your emotions and your feelings and your hopes and your struggles and your battles. We cannot know love or courage without being open or vulnerable. It's when you show up and notice this. It's when you're all in without knowing the outcome. Being vulnerable is when you're all in without knowing the outcome. Vulnerability is really not a difficult or positive or negative emotion. Listen to this. Being vulnerable is the DNA of our emotions. There's no courage without it. You cannot know love without it. It is risky, and it leaves you vulnerable because it's a risk, but you'll never know courage or love without it. And who is the ultimate example of being vulnerable and taking the risk of love? Our Christ. Who we follow. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. Imitate God, therefore, in everything that you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Love like God, imitate God, who gave himself up for us with no guarantee that we would love him back. This is love. This is being vulnerable. This is risky. But this is how we deeply understand and connect with ourselves, with other people, and with God. So let's be open and vulnerable like the psalmist. Oh, God, search me and know me and show me all of the ways in my life that need to change investigate every inch of my heart and soul and lead me down the right path. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We cannot wait to see you back next week and we love you all.